Blog Talk Radio. like that um, but 
when I got out of college, when I graduated, I just so happened to get a job in software and uh, in, uh, developing software, and I just, just kind of stayed there. And so I've been doing that for, like I said, 15 or so years. I've been, I've been doing websites. I, did, I started doing websites back in college uh, at the University of Florida. Um, I actually did the first NSBE, our, our NSBE chapter in Florida. I did our first website. And, um, but, again, I've been, I've been doing web development, you know, ever since uh, the mid-'90s. And around about 2000, I started doing uh, Java web development. So that's pretty much what I've been doing primarily is developing in Java, um, doing Java web apps in every incarnation of, of that. Uh, I also do um, also build, build websites. Uh, on a side, as you might as you might call it, um, I build just all kinds of all kinds of sites in uh, using WordPress, Joomla, PHP. You have it. I've, I've pretty much worked with just about uh, everything, um, and um, and I'm an independent contractor as well. I, I tend to well for the last seven or eight years, I've been an independent contractor, um, sort of bouncing around from you know company to company. Uh, and uh, on a on a contract basis, so or and and in sort of a consultant uh, type role, and I am currently yeah. with a company called Bridge Two Solutions in Alpharetta, and it's a really cool company, uh, a startup, a family-owned startup that does the the reward points when you, if you have like a chase card and you buy things with your points, uh, that company is is handling the whole purchasing process and the whole shopping process, so it's pretty cool. And um, that's about that's about it about me and and how I got started. I mean, I just always been into computers. That's been my thing. Computers and sports has been me. <laughs> so um, I made a career. I'm a short guy, so I made a career out of computers. I couldn't could the sports thing didn't quite happen. So. <laughs> Good choice, good choice. You know? <laughs> so worried about sports. <laughs> yeah. Vertically challenged, I am. Well, well, congratulations on your success. And and Javelin, both Javelin and I are sitting here jotting down notes of different ways that we're going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, ask you for some support because we're built, we're rebuilding our website in WordPress, and we may be looking come to you for a little pro bono work or something, <laughs> maybe just a little Absolutely. overview to make sure uh, see what we're make sure we're doing things correctly there. So congratulations on your success. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm certainly not where I want to be. I, I will tell you that though. I um, still got a lot of work to do. No, but I I, I love there's a, there's a couple of things about it you kind of outlined your your path. First of all is the, the whole evolution, how you, it sounds like you're in a variety of different arenas, learning different languages, and, and there's something about the, the technology industry is, is that's so important, almost that continuing education and figuring out yep. what the next trends are, especially as a, a contractor consultant. Do you, do you want to elaborate on how you profess, keep yourself um, on top of things, your professional development? Yes. Um, yeah, that, that is a good question because it is uh, it is a big part of, of of our industry, as you said. I mean, things move so quickly. So I, you know, um, I was fortunate when I when I started. I actually, the, the company started me on. Um, I was doing um, 
uh, COBOL, <laughs> and uh, and then shortly thereafter, I was trained on COBOL, and shortly thereafter, um, and COBOL is a programming language, by the way. It's a you know it's a programming language generally used on the old mainframe computers. Um, but I was trained on that, and I shortly thereafter moved to C programming, and I was um, working in that for a while, and and you know. Um, C was okay. It was more of a, we were working on, it was sort of a, a, a background process that it was, and it was, you know, um, I, I learned a lot with it, but at, at that moment, this was probably about um, 90, 98, 99, um, you know, the web was really starting to, you know, make some moves. It was really, you know, really gaining some ground, and um, and I, I thought, you know, I, I felt like I'm not really doing anything. This isn't really exciting. I want to do some of this web stuff, you know. I mean, I had already built some websites, but, you know, here I am at a, a large uh, company. This was a company called GIAC. It's now Infor here in Atlanta. It's an uh, ERP company, uh, Enterprise Resource Planning. And um, so, you know, I want to do some web stuff. You know, the, the web was the new thing. And so I literally um, went to my manager and said, look, um, I'm looking for jobs. <laughs> I, I, I went to my manager because I didn't want to sneak around anymore. I didn't want to sneak around and, and look for interviews and that kind of thing. So I said, look, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a job. You know, I, I want to do, I want to do some, some web, web development. I want to do some web programming. Um, I've, I've done websites, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what I want to do. And lo and behold, and, you know, they came back. I mean, very shortly, and said, uh, "Let me." Uh, my manager came back and said, uh, "Let me let you talk to this other manager in this other group." And so, come to find out, they were doing some web development, and I quickly was uh, transferred to that group, and I was uh, and then I was developing, and um, it was ASP at the time, Microsoft ASP, v, uh, Visual Basic, Com programming, that kind of thing. So, uh, it was really cool, and I, and I say all that to say that you know I. You know, you have to you have to make your way. You know, any when you're in you know corporate America, um, no one's people like to leave you where you are because they they, they kind of need you. They need you to be do something and do something well, and they're they're perfectly fine with you being where you are. So you kind of have to be active in your career and find your way to uh, what excites you, what's going to make you valuable, and something that'll further your career. And um, I you know not really. Realize. I look back on it, and I didn't really realize how kind of bold that was. But you know, that's exactly what I did. I said, you know, this is what I want to do, and I don't want to be. And I, and I was very honest about it, which is another thing. You know, I try to be really honest at, at when I'm working with people and be really forward. Not forward, but um, just honest. And I think people can can you know deal well with truth and honesty, and and they can understand that you just want to you know further your career. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So. Um, so that's that's sort of the way I operate. You know, I, I look at things. What's um, what is uh, what will make me valuable? What will keep me current? What excites me? And uh, I I I do it on my own. I start off, you know, practicing it, learning about it, reading whatever, and I find a way to um, uh, I find a way to manifest that into into a, a quote unquote professional job. You know, one of the other ways, you know, that I get that experience, too, is, and like I said, I'll build on my own, but I also build for other people. That's when I do my quote-unquote side work. Um, you know, I 
have paying customers building sites, and I get experience that way. So um, that's just something that's really important in this industry. You have to you have to keep moving, you have to keep learning, and you have to stay up on uh, what on the trends. You know, all of them aren't. Um, a lot of the trends don't become real, so to speak. Uh, there are a lot of things that come and go, you know, just as quickly as, you know, in, you know, in six months something can be the hottest thing, and then six months later it can be gone. Uh, but, you know, you kind of got to just stay on top of things and keep, you know, um, keep trying to stay uh, valuable. Uh, and, again, I, you know, I, and I continue to do sort of the same thing, although I'm getting a little older now, so it's hard to keep up. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And, and, and first of all, one of the words I want to pick up on is you, you've got to be bold sometimes. You've got to, um, we often say, you're me incorporated. You know, you are your brand. You have to brand yourself. You have to get yourself out there. You have to package and make sure that you have those marketable skills. Um, so, you know, and, and I think that some, for some people, that's kind of a new concept, and it's very different necessarily from other industries. But if you if you've been in IT and you've experienced some success, you've been one way or another figured that out to some extent. But there's always a way to take that to the next level, and that's why we enjoy uh, speaking to people like yourself. Um, and, and what I also love, I, I heard your your passion. You enjoyed, you know, how excited you are about Bridge Two Solutions, and, and thank you for sharing that with us. You know, there's a lot of people in IT that love their jobs, you know, and I don't always hear that, you know, some people, it, it, to them, it's just a job, whereas there are professional, career-minded people in IT, and, and, and that's where that camaraderie and networking comes in. And also, those are the same people who love to give back and bring on the, the young people. And, and, and one of the things I want to do, too, and, and Dave will help me out here as well, is we want to acknowledge that we have people who are listening to us, whether it's on Twitter or have joined us in the chat room or even joined us here on the line. Don't be shy, and we will in, invite you. You're welcome if you have a question for our speaker, Marcellus Haynes. Um, um, if you have a question for him about his career, his career path and progression, or the next topic we're going to be talking about, the organization he helps coordinate the technologists of color. Please stay on the line. Press 1 if you are on the line, and then we'll, we'll be able to acknowledge you. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, so let's, let's move right on into the art. One of the other things that I want to pick up on, you talked about being a, a contractor, a consultant, being independent. That's another um, aspect of uh, IT and technology. And sometimes people are hesitant or scared. You've been doing that for a period of time. What do you feel are the pros and cons, and, and, and what would, advice would you give to people? Right, and that is, uh, I, I am, I'm kind of glad you asked that, and I probably should have given you that as something to bring up earlier because um, the, con the contracting thing is, uh, is interesting because we, we're in a time now where, you know, when you first talk about being a contractor, people think about the uncertainty, they think about, um, you, know, you know, there's this thing about a, a permanent, a quote-unquote permanent position at a company, and, you know, that used to mean something, and uh, now it doesn't so much. And, um, you know, I, and I try to tell uh, people that 
uh, as a contractor, a lot of times is no different than being a permanent employee. I mean, it's. I mean, I've had long. I've had long contracts of years, a year or so. Two. Well, I don't know if I've been on a two-year contract, but I've had like a year contract where, um, you know, it's, you're practically like an employee. So, uh, and and then you can be on. And I've been laid off before, and so. You know, I've been a permanent employee and then get that, you know, walk into the office and your position has been eliminated. So, you know, to me, you know, you know, once you go through that, you you start to understand that, um, that, you know, that there is no real uncertainty anymore. I mean, it's just, you know, that, that, that whole thing doesn't exist. So um, I started in, in contracting, uh, I, I sort of, I had, I had a bit of a transition, which was really good in that. Um, I decided to do it because uh, I because I heard about I heard from some guys that were doing it and they had some long term contracts with AT and T and you know and I, I it is a, a bit of a story where I, you know I was working at a company and I and a guy came he was a uh, he was an Indian uh, Indian guy and he he was telling us that he worked for AT and T as a contractor and he said you know he made he made sixty five and you know I thought. You know, this was maybe in 2004 or something, or maybe 2006, maybe it was. He said he was making 65, and I thought he meant 65,000. And what he meant was $65 an hour. And so, you know, when I started doing the math, I'm thinking, okay, this guy is a peer of mine. He's working next to me. He's not my manager or anything. He's doing the same thing I'm doing. He's no better than me. He's no smarter than I am. But he made sixty-five dollars an hour, which equates, which amounts to upwards of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. And um, you know, and I start again. I did the numbers, and I started thinking about. It. I'm like, whoa! Like, I'm not. I'm making. I'm not making nearly that much, you know. And so I started looking into it. And um, what I did was, I finally decided to leave the company I was with, and and you know, sort of in the same way, I said, look, you know, I, I want to do some 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 other things. And I went to a company called Soltech, and they had a mo- they have a model where you are a developer that that works as a permanent employee for them, but then they contract you out to other companies um, on different projects. And so I was I got the experience of being a contractor while actually being a a permanent employee. So that was really cool because I got to work for several different companies, and I, and I first of all going to these different companies, I learned a lot. I learned a tremendous amount uh, really quickly just by going in these different environments. And, it, you know, it was so great to learn so many new things. Um, but I also, again, saw that, you know, I can do this work. I can I can work with these people and I can I can bring value and that kind of thing. And um, and then so as I was sort of in that in that in that midway um, point. Um, I thought, hey, I can cut out another middleman because you know it's essentially it was a middleman. I mean, they were making who knows what on top of what I was making, or what, what who knows what they were contracting me out for. Um, but I thought, okay, maybe I can cut out the middleman. And so, I, you know, within seven months, I decided to go ahead and go independent. I got a I got a, a, a contract, and and I, I, I always tell people this, especially you know other developers that within a year, uh, let's see. Well, I guess it was within months. Yeah, within that year, I made, I was making twenty to thirty thousand dollars more from the company I left. You know, just earlier in that year, and you know the, you know, 
the ability to get it's, it's difficult to get your true value when you're with a company for a long time. That you know, that there's that whole three percent, five percent increase thing. You know, um, that 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 is great, but you know, after a while, you know, they they can only move you up so quickly, and, and really, you know, it's hard for them to give you what you're really worth. And so you kind of have to leave to get what you really your your real worth. And that's sort of what I found when I left. You know, I I made a lot more because you know that, that I had I had some some value, uh, and so the only so and the part that people get really hesitant about is the whole independent uh, contracting thing, the, you know, handling the, you know, paperwork and uh, managing taxes and all those kind of things, because I'm, I'm incorporated, I have a, I have a corporation, uh, um, uh, uh, an S-Corp corporation, and, um, but even with that, what I tell people is, you know, I have an accountant that handles all my books. I, you know, does the bookkeeping. I have a lawyer that does, you know, paperwork and, and other kind of um, um, bookkeeping. And, you know, I don't have to necessarily do that stuff. I have a payroll company that handles my payroll. Uh, so it's not that I have to – I pay them for it, but it's, you know, when you look at the, the amount of money you can make over what you make as a salaried employee, um, you know, it could be worth it. Now, granted, you know, my wife works – full time so I get benefits through her. But you know, you can also buy benefits if it came down to it. So, you know, it, it it's it's um it uh it's an it's an alternative and it can be, you know, highly beneficial, you know, and maybe it's not for everyone. Everyone doesn't, you know, uh want to, you know, have to keep up with things and, and um and, and manage it. But I tend to like the power and the um the the, the, the control that I have over my whole uh, existence, so to speak, you know, um, and even to the point where, for a long time, I dealt with, um, I've dealt with recruiters to get to get my positions, to, to to get the contract positions. But now I've gone through, I've had two or three direct direct contracts where I'm working directly with the company. They're directly paying my company, so that again cuts out another middleman in, in the recruiter. So it can it can work really well. Um, and you don't have to do it. You know, there's different ways to do it. But the the point in all of it is that you know um, people are a lot more afraid of it than they should be. Uh, it's definitely an alternative. It's definitely a way to do things, and you can, it can be very beneficial. It could be very empowering. Uh, you learn a lot, um, and it can kind of and it keeps you on your toes. You know, you you say it when you, a lot of times, and there's nothing wrong with being a permanent employee. But you can also get really stagnant. You can get stagnant as a contractor because you can get on a two, three-year contract and still get stagnant in your career. But you know, as a permanent employee, you you tend to you know you tend to get really comfortable and stagnant, and you uh, put yourself in risk of losing value because your skills are outdated. So sometimes you can get in a good company that keeps you that that stays current on technologies and keeps you up on things. But a lot of times that's not the case. So um, that's been the good part of it for me is to, you know, financially it's been good, um, and just in, you know flexibility. At times I've I've worked from home. the previous two and a half years I worked from home, uh, did some traveling, which was cool, which was nice, and so uh, it's been it's been really good. But um, it it can be challenging at times. You know, um, I've only had one period, one down period. Um, where I didn't work for a few months, and that was really by choice because I wanted to take some time off, and then I was really looking for a particular type of position. So 
for the most part, even through the recession, I did not have a problem keeping work. You know, it's, it's all about having, keeping yourself valuable and uh, and getting right. out and, know, and meeting people and really, and that's an- another whole topic, relationships is I, I can't, I don't know if I can speak enough on making relationships and, and what that's done for yeah. me in my in my career. No, that you know, and, and I wanted people to hear firsthand from someone who is is living it, experience, and and I think you've covered so many key points there. So I always tell our our audience, you know, you can listen to this show live, but sometimes you need to go back and and play it back because if you ever had any doubts or concerns, um, sure, there's some risk. There's some risk in everything. And those people who feel comfortable that their job, they're going to sit there and work at the same job for the next 20 years, you know, in our industry, layoffs, turnovers, downsizing, upsizing, outsourcing happens all the time. So that same instability, even though you might be labeled as a permanent employee, permanent isn't as permanent as it used to be. Absolutely. So, you know, it's the young people, if you have the opportunity, that, you know, we, we, our last show was about bold career moves. Um, so um, I, I think that this is great. And one of the things I want to highlight, you know, people like Marcellus, you can be having these conversations if you go to some of the networking events and interview and talk to people about these type of things. But what I say here on Technology Express, we kind of do the interviewing for you, and you can kind of eavesdrop in on our conversations. These are our questions, but you're welcome to dial in and ask your questions or type them into Twitter, and we'll ask those as well. Or the chat room or the chat room that we are managing here on Technology Expresso's Cafe Radio. And all of that information, myself, is very powerful and instrumental. Um, I, I, like you, have my uh, benefits covered. I'm former, mil- I'm retired military, so my benefits are covered. Oh. And that allows me to go into co- contracting if I choose to do so. So you're very fortunate, and uh, congratulations on your success. So, we're, everyone, we're speaking with Marcellus Hayes, uh, a technologist of color, and, as he said, a senior software developer and freelance web application and designer. So uh, call in to our uh, radio station here. Follow us on Twitter. We've also got an active chat room going on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can reach us at www.technologyexpresso.com. And tune in. You're missing a great interview, everyone. Call in. Ask him some questions. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer them and, uh, or just sit back and listen. And, and, and so now I want to ask my, my next question is, through your, your career, it sounds like you're, you're very insightful, very intuitive. It sounds like you, you, you did your homework um, and, and, and something that we, we were talking about, even as an independent contractor, you surround yourself. If you're not a specialist or if you're not as uh, in tune into a particular area, whether it's handling your payroll or your taxes, then you get the right people around you. So you're running yourself almost as a mini business and you're thinking, strategically. Now, were you just born knowing all these things, or can you talk to us about either coaches or mentors and even uh, organizations along the way that may have helped you and maybe that other young people need to tap into? Yeah, that's that's awesome, actually. Uh, again, that's another another thing that um, that I, I, I could have, you know, kind of put out there as a, as a topic of conversation. Um, you know, I uh, met – 
having a mentor is another, and I talk about networking, but having a mentor or mentors is another really big, um, a really big, uh, a really important thing. Um, I've I've had some some mentors in my life, and um, that have sort of led me down certain paths. Uh, but to answer your question, no, I didn't know that stuff at all. <laughs> I didn't know it at all. But what'll happen? What happens is the one thing you know I, I like to tell people is you know I'm not afraid to ask a question, right? And I'm not afraid to uh, you know some people are afraid to ask a question because they'll look they feel like they'll look like they don't know something. Um, I almost will like to, I almost like to act like I don't know anything because I want you to spell it out to me like like. Um, I think there was a movie where Denzel once said, you know, tell, you know, explain it to me like a two-year-old. You know, I want you to give me the whole thing, and I want to be clear on it, and and I don't mind asking, and I, and I and I guess it's just a, maybe it's a bit of self-confidence that I don't, I don't, I don't have any. Um, I, I know I'm pretty self-assured, so I don't, you know, I don't mind looking like I don't know or whatever, or, at, or I don't mind asking asking the question. So I asked, um, I think I, I think I asked somebody. Uh, I asked a, a mentor of mine about an accountant or something because I knew someone that it was an uncle of mine that owned his own. Um, he's an attorney and he, he ran his own uh, firm, and uh, he uh, gave me the name of an accountant. And once I started talking to the accountant, he told me, "Okay, this you need to do this, 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 and this." And here I'll give you the name of an, an attorney. And then I talked to the attorney, and she did my incorporation, and she said, you'll do this, 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 and this. And so, and all of these are, are people of color, by the way. Um, and, that, you know, again, it's the great thing about just networking and talking to people and asking questions, you know. So um, the, the, the accountant set up all of my, my bookkeeping. These are the same people that I, from day one, I still have all these same people, except for the payroll. I, I've changed payroll since. But, um you know, this one person sent me to the accountant, the accountant sent me to the uh, attorney, and the attorney set me up. And between those, the accountant and the attorney, they basically set everything up for me. And and as I and I learned on the way, like you know, in terms of reporting every month and and how you know, I, I literally and you got, I'm not, you know, there may be people that know this, but I always like to tell people, especially when I'm talking to kids. Um, I literally write my own checks. I, I, I run my payroll and I sign, I sign my own checks. I have to, you know, write checks to myself from my, from my company and I have to sign them and go to the bank and do all that kind of stuff. But that, when I first started that, no, I didn't know exactly how to do it. So I had to ask the accountant, so what, what check do I write, this, that, and the other? And was, at one time he came to me and said, I don't see you writing, doing this, that, and the other. You need to do this. And so I started doing that. And so... As I've gone over the years, I've gotten better and better at it. And the really, um, the really important thing with it is, I think by by running, I mean, I, I literally have a corporation, right? And so by managing my little small corporation, I have a much better understanding of the way that the companies that I work for, the way they run, and and why, and it gives me a lot of insight into why some decisions are made, why some things are done a certain way. Also helped me to understand some of the political games that go on when you talk about taxes and health care and all those kinds of things. So I've, I've, you know, I feel like a lot of times we don't uh, understand, we, we hate companies. We have this hatred of companies because we feel like they do these things, they, they, uh, they're, just, they're just evil and what have you. But 
we don't understand why some of the decisions are made, why things are done a certain way. And so when you run when you run a little corporation, when you run your own business, when you're in business, you really get an understanding of why companies work and do the things that they do. And it, it just it just helps you have a better understanding of what's going on. And so I don't have you know, people have the these feelings about companies and they think everybody that owns a company is this rich person that's trying to get over and that's you know, a lot of the people that's running companies, this company that I work for now it's a family owned business. Sure they're making millions of dollars right now, but they you know, he's just like anybody, he's struggling to keep his company going. I mean they're not struggling but they haven't they're having to watch every dime uh, to make sure that they keep this thing going because, in in, you know, they can be gone just like anybody else. I mean, just because it's millions doesn't mean they can't lose millions, you know, in a heartbeat. So uh, you, you start to understand those things. And so, you know, I, I didn't, I, I definitely didn't know it going in. But, uh, I, and I'll tell you, when the company that I did the, the little transition with, Soltech, and I'll never forget this, the co-founder, the co-owner is a, a lady named Vianne Smith, uh, just like I did before, I talked to her and told her what I what I was about to do, and we sat. I sat in her office, and she broke some things down to me about, you know, um, about you know the numbers and what like if I make fifty dollars an hour, what that amounts to um, after taxes and all those kinds of things. And again, it it just and I, I'll never forget that because it you know to this day she still gives me she's very well connected around town, and she has given has given me. Um, recommendations when I didn't even know it, <laughs> but uh, so again, that that networking thing is just is, is 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 very is key to everything. But she, once again, I asked her, and she broke a lot of things down to me as well. So just you know, I've, I've learned a lot of it just by asking questions and people sort of leading me down the way. And so you pick good people that um, that that are doing what you want to do or are or are where you want to be. And you ask them a question. I mean, don't do not be afraid to go ask them a question because I mean you, they, they will teach you. And you know you got to put your pride away, you know, and you have to sit there Indian style and listen, you know. And that way you learn some things and you can you know make yourself better. So uh, again, to ask the question. I, I didn't know it going in at all. <laughs> I was I was taught, and I had some people to you know lead me along the way. And, and you know the the, the takeaway you got to ask questions. Um, you know, don't be afraid that you don't know everything. Don't let your pride get away. And listen, and that's what I heard. You absorb. It sounds like you're a sponge when it comes to knowledge and, and learning and growing and trying things that are different and, and um, tapping into the, the right people. So, first of all, that's so important. And then something else that people also need to pick up on, what you said about owning your own business actually makes you even a better employee um, in the fact yep. that you understand what it takes to run a business. And even in the, this company, I work for a, a corporation on top of us having our own um, side business. But often we're told, even though I run a department and have a budget, they say, spend it like it's your money. You know, and I, right. I understand what they mean is that if we're going to stay in business and if we're broke, you can't be frivolous. You have to be prudent. And that's why they're making some of these decisions. Um, right. And so you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's people's kind of animosity towards their these big organizations. You have to appreciate they got to stay in business. They got to keep the lights on so that they can keep meeting payroll. So there, there are sometimes some very hard decisions that have to be made. So 
No, I, I, I'm glad that you shared that with us. Absolutely. No? Absolutely. Well, well I, I wanted to say that these are some pretty powerful meetups that, that uh, technologists of color have when they have Marcella Haynes and sharing the knowledge right there with them. I, I know everyone is anxious and never wants to end on those evenings. So, Marcella, if you could tell us, uh, uh, what was the inspiration uh, behind Technologists of Color. I, I, I know that you didn't create this. You have some co-founders, um, uh, uh, and we'd like to give some, our kudos out to them as well. So how did you guys decide to do this? Uh, well, I'll tell you, it, it started uh, a couple of a couple of things that with me uh, that kind of gave me the inspiration. Um, one, I had a, a cousin. I have a cousin in Philadelphia, and he, you know, we were talking, and he has a, a uh, a design firm, you know, web design firm, and he asked me one day, he said, you know, I, I want to um, come down to Atlanta and maybe do some business. He said, you know, who's the, what's the, uh, you know, African-American group, technology group down there? And, you know, I was like, I, I don't know. I said, you know, I don't I don't know of one, and I was really embarrassed. I mean, you know, this is Atlanta. This is the Mecca. This is, you know, you know, sort of the chocolate city, right? I mean, if anybody has black technology going on, it's Atlanta. And I said, you know, I don't know. I, and I was really embarrassed by that. And uh, being a native, you know, I was, you know, uh, and being a native and in technology, I was like, man, this is, that's, that's terrible. And also, um, I, uh, if, if you ever watched the uh, CNN, um, the CNN documentary, um, Black in America, and they did the one with uh, on uh, Silicon Valley. I don't know if you uh, remember that or, or watched that. It was uh, Soledad O'Brien. She followed the New Me Accelerator, yeah. which you know was in North Carolina, and, and moved to uh, Silicon Valley. And and, and and Accelerator is a program that you know that attempts to help young uh, entrepreneurs and, and small you know yeah young entrepreneurs take their idea. And, and, and develop it and get it to a point that it, you can, they can get in front of uh, venture capitalists or money people and, and pitch their idea and maybe get funding to help, you know, uh, grow their, their startup and build their startup. Um, and so that, that documentary followed the new Me Accelerator to, to Silicon Valley, and they followed them, you know, in their, their – um, Followed the program, and the program took say five or six uh, entrepreneurs, and they had, they matched them with some mentors and coaches, and they worked on their 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 concepts and their pitches, and then ultimately they uh, pitched their ideas in front of venture capitalists. Well, one of the evenings, one of the mentors is a guy. I think his name is Vid, uh, Vivek Wadwa. He he's a he's an uh, an Indian guy who had an he had a, his own startup. He's also a professor at Duke, I believe. But he was one of their mentors, and he said to them one night, he said, "You know uh, what I uh, what I see about your people?" He said, um, "You guys don't work together." And for me, it was such a it was like a punch in the in the gut. You know, like it was so true. That you know we don't tend to work together. We're very you know we we tend that the whole people like to use that term crabs in a barrel. And for whatever reason that exists, it exists, and we don't do well at working together. If you see some of the other cultures, how much they share with each other, how much they they work together, and and how how tightly knit their communities are. Uh, ours is not quite like that, and. Um, 
And, you know, it's very evident. And for someone outside of our culture to say something like that, it was very um, courageous of him to, to go there. And he's a, if you ever follow him or see him on Twitter and things, you know he doesn't mind saying, speaking his mind. But it was a very powerful statement. And those two things really uh, got me going and got me thinking, like, you know, what what can we do? And so what would happen, what happened is, you know, as a contractor, I would go to these different companies and I would work for, uh, I would work with other, you know, African-American developers, really great people, really smart people. And I started thinking, you know, I've worked with all these people and they don't know each other, right? They, they don't, you know, they don't know each other. All these great people, you know, we don't have, we're just all in our little silos. We don't, you know, we're not connected. And so uh, I said, you know, I just want to get everybody together. So it started as a, a meeting of a bunch of my friends. And I, I just, I just said, I don't know, I don't know where we met the first time, but uh, I just said, let's all get together and let's just meet. And that's kind of how it started. And then um, at some point I said, you know, we actually had a little committee that got together and started trying to throw around ideas to figure out how, what to do and whatever. And uh, at some point I said, okay, I'm just going to start this meetup group and just, just start it. I mean, I just, it was, it was, at some point I said, okay, let's just do something. We just have to do something and let's just see where it goes. And once I did the meetup group um, and we just started going, we started out with the happy hours and um and and just kind of you know just kind of continue with that for almost almost a year the first year was mostly just happy hours but what we learned what what we saw immediately was and it was really incredible and that's why I can't uh, you know wait till you guys can come out um that the feeling that people would get when they come to the happy hours because what happens is in technology most of the times most of the time we don't work around other folks like ourselves. We're underrepresented in the industry. You know, we, that's just what it is. We, most of the time we're, not, we're working with people of other uh, uh, cultures and nationalities and what have you. And, um, but when these folks would get together at this happy hour, it was this feeling that would overcome you. Like you never get an opportunity to talk about technology with people like yourself in, in, a, in an environment like that where – I can talk about um, big data or, you know, JavaScript or, or Angular programming, JavaScript programming in one sentence and then talk about scandal or some other thing that, that our community gets involved in uh, at, in, the, in the next sentence. I mean, and we, we never get to do that. And we almost, you know, one of the meetups, we, this one girl almost came to tears because she started talking about her experience, and we're sitting there nodding our heads like, I know. Like, we've all been through the same experience. We have a very unique experience in IT, and um, we never get to share that. We always hold – nobody – when we come home, most of the times we're the only person in our families that are in technology. So we, when we come home, we can't talk about it. A lot of the Indian friends or Indian people I work with, their husband or wives are also in technology. Their friends are all in technology. They call each other when they have problems in technology, and we just don't have that. And so to be able to talk with somebody that really understands your your plight and your your situation, it's really powerful. And we saw that, and that's why people really enjoyed it so much because you're comfortable. You go, you could. There are several several other meetups in town. You can pick your technology, you can pick whatever, and you can go. But when you go, 
you're not going to see a lot of people like yourself, and it's not comfortable. And so that that's become, you know, that that's become something that we really that that you know an understanding that we've gained that um, one reason why our participation may be low in in IT because we are not comfortable, uh, and it's a it's a very powerful deterrent, you know. And I you know I've spoken with some guys recently in some of those meetups, and I you know. One of the largest meetups in town, AWDG, the Atlanta Web Development Group, the, 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 the guy that runs it, his name is Jay Cornelius, and I've been speaking with him lately about some collaborations, but I, I told him, we had a candid conversation about the black experience in IT, and I told him, I said, you know, as much as I, you know, I am, don't have a problem going to these other meetups and I, you know, I throw myself in the environment, I get intimidated too. I get intimidated. I get it's not comfortable for me, and so I understand the feeling, and so I understand that that's a big issue. And so that's so that's how the the group sort of got started. And the first year, like I said, it was mostly happy hours. But as we've continued, it's really starting to gain steam. As we've we're, we've uh, uh, started to do um, more informational, we always had the 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 thought to do more, and so at any point we're always trying to see where we can add value and continue to add value. So we started doing informational type events. So we did one on health IT, um, talking about you know the the health information technology environment here in Atlanta and just how those things that industry is exploding. Uh, we did one on uh, lean startup to talk about the lean process and lean startup methodology and ThoughtWorks did a great uh, workshop on that. Um, we did one called the State of IT, which was a discussion. It was a, supposed to be a discussion on uh, just the state of te- IT, in, you know, technology in Atlanta, but it turned into a, a bit of a state of black IT, which was good because, again, this, you know, was obviously what was on people's hearts and minds, but uh, that was a good conversation. And our next one is the, July, uh, the 24th, and it's going to be a presentation on mobile development choices. So... We started off with just happy hours, and it's steadily grown. And as you know, more as the you know more people learn about the group and, and participate, uh, it continues and bring their friends. It continues to grow, and we're continuing. We're starting to bring. Uh, we're continuing to do more um, bigger and better events, and we're, st- we're even starting to get sponsors now, which is fantastic. And um, and we're going to try to keep going. And, and and again, like I mentioned to you guys earlier, the big thing that we want to do is connect all of our little, all of our, the groups in town, all of the different communities, and what uh, my friend uh, Joey Digital uh, with, with Goody Hack, what he, he calls like the ecosystem. We want this to be a whole ecosystem where we're all connected and we all, you know, play a part and it's just one, and we, we all provide support for one another. So that is starting to happen as well. Um, like I said, I definitely want to bring BDPA in the mix. Uh, I mean, they are in the mix. I mean, they're here. And but I want I want us to be more connected with them, which you know we're gonna we're gonna definitely work on that, um, and um, and again try to you know make this a whole ecosystem where it's visible and um, and and provides a lot of value to our community and really starts to you know increase our participation. And um, I hope I answered your question. Like I told you, I can I can start to ramble a little bit. <laughs>
No, no, I, I, I love, I love your, your um, um, consciousness, um, your stream of consciousness, and and welcome it, and it just, just shows that this conversation was a long time coming, and we, and let me just say this right now, our mic open to you anytime. Come back, bring any of your partners and colleagues. We love having this dialogue. That's what Technology Expresso is here for. Um, again, giving you another platform to maybe reach out right. and touch another audience. And, you know, one of the things that, that you said about technologists of color um, and to those who are listening, um, like you said, first of all, at the black community, the perception of it being splintered, sometimes you need that common denominator to come together. And one of the things right. is technology is one of those common denominators that we can look for because that's where our jobs today and the jobs of the future are going to come from and the jobs for the next generation. So we've got to prepare them. So even if you're not in technology, parents and aunts and uncles and, and even grandparents, they've got to come out and get engaged in this conversation because you've got to make sure that your young people are prepared for the future because all roads are going to lead to technology. Yes. And I think the other piece is, is that we now in our lifetime we um, have people who have grown up in technology have started to figure out the strategies like, like that you spoke of and now can share that knowledge. And it may not be your immediate family, but it's these families that we're building around organizations of technologists of color. So I, I implore people, the word has to get out. You can't afford not to get engaged and be a part of this. And like you said, here right. in Atlanta, um, we should see the technologists of color, these, these leaders, they're informal, and that, that makes them where it's not intimidating. You don't have to be a geek. You don't have to speak geek even or, <laughs> or nerd or whatever, blurred, whatever you want to call it. Just, just come out, and there's people just like Marcellus that can, can talk uh, on a range of topics. Just start the conversation, ask the question, be curious, and then become that, that sponge, and you will get something out of any interaction you have with, with great people like myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, geek is the new sexy, let me tell you. So we are. <laughs> we want to make that, uh, that sexy, man. I, I was thinking about that yesterday and how we can really, like, like Jacqueline just said, you know, we are, one of our goals is to bring kids in and we're going to do some kids workshops and that kind of thing. But I want to try to figure out a way to make it, um, make it, make it sexy and cool to be in technology. I mean, I think that's the way. I, I was thinking yesterday that's that might be the way to really get our kids and get our community to rally around it because they see it as something, you know, some kind of trend, some kind of fad. I don't know, you know, these social media sites and everything. They all these fads we tend to start. Uh, if we can find some way to get people create some fad or some trend around technology that just really pulls us in and makes it cool. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can figure out something like that because I, I think maybe that's the, that's the key, you know, is to make it, make it cool. I mean, you know, um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, we definitely want to pull our community into, I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. And, uh, again, you made a good point about parents. Um, uh, again, we're going to try to attack that as well because that's the key, um, but that, you know, the parents, in order to steer the kids into it, they have to understand what's going on. They have to know the avenues. They have to know, um, they need to know the information as well. And, and unfortunately, in our community, a lot of times that means grandparents. 
So, and they really are disconnected. So we got to find ways to keep them informed and, and tell them how to direct their grandkids into into technology. So, you know, like, like you said, we got a lot of work to do, but I, I, I feel like we can definitely make some inroads, and that's what we're going to try to do. And, and that's what these, the, the, you know, it, it all also ties back to collaboration. That's what these different yep. meetups are about. Let's put our heads together. Um, there's a lot of territory. We, we talked about that. There was the conversation before the, the, the mics were turned on that we had that, that um, you know, we've got to come together. We've got to put our heads together. Um, this small group that gets it, we've got to um, continue to push that out and, and continue that groundswell because there's a lot of people that we still have to, to reach. And it's not about um, excluding. It's sometimes first you've got to get the word out within the family. You've got to, you know, those meetups I, I, I go back to, people can come together and talk about things, and they feel more comfortable when they're around family. Um, and, right. and then once you get comfortable there, build up your confidence, then it's going to move on to the world stage. And that's what we want to do. We, we're Absolutely. part of the bigger um, IT um, stage. We, it, it, there's no such thing as black apps. There's just apps. Absolutely. And we want right. to be app builders, and we want to be, you know, we want to have those, those companies and be the, 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 the next hot thing. Right. Um, but right. sometimes you've got you, you to gotta try it out within, uh, among the family. And that's what the, the things like technologists of, of color and the meetups. Come out, try it out on family, run your ideals, you know, run your concepts and your strategies and get some feedback, and then, you know, then you're ready to launch it on the world. Absolutely, yes. These meetups are our golf course. I mean, you, you, know, you hear about how many deals are struck on the golf course. Well, these meetups, this is our golf course right now, and a lot of energy and a lot of creative ideas are, are shared in these meetups especially the technologists of color. I can't wait to get the next one. I'm looking forward to even doing a show at, a, at one of their meetups. And, and, and because our job, yes, yes, our job is to spread the word uh, across the country, across the Atlanta landscape of, uh, of these meetups and of nonprofit organizations and people that just like sharing, such as Marcellus and those in the technologists of color, and as well as uh, BDPA, other nonprofits in the Atlanta area that love sharing uh, the technology with our own people and expanding our uh, footprint, the technology arena. Absolutely. And, and, and to that point, we have done all the live broadcasts. So, like I said, we're going to continue this conversation. If people don't know, this is our first kind of a meeting with Marcellus, but already I feel that, that camaraderie and that, that uh, common spirit, and I know that we are going to be doing more collaboration together um, between technology, technologists of color and technology expresso. So we're, we're excited about that. This is the, the start of something, a, a great relationship, I think. And, and first of all, I want to give you an opportunity as we start to wind down our hour with you. Um, can you tell people how do they get in contact with technologists of color, what the next events are, um, and even if you have some shout-outs for some other members of technologists of color? Right. Well, yeah, let me – I'll first shout-out my, um, my, my, my co-organizer, um, Yolanda Davis. I mean, she's – I really don't know what I'd do without her. She's really uh, instrumental in, in helping us plan our events and helping, you know, maintain a vision 
help uh encouraging me to keep you know keep keep things going um and uh and then as well there's a uh, Cherie Star that also helps and some other there's some other folks that are you know that that help us out um so you can find us at uh on the on meetup.com at meetup.com/technologists and uh there there you we we put all of our uh, we sketch all the meetups that we have scheduled, and we put information there. There's also some pages. If you go, if you go to that site, there's a link that says pages, and we uh, put up some um, resources, uh, a, a list of events that's going on around town. Um, re- we're starting a list of uh, resources where you know, kind of a glossary to tell you what things are, so people can learn what all these terms are, what are these, what these organizations are. Um, we're going to have a, a, a sponsored jobs page that where companies that you know sponsor the group can can post jobs, things like that. Um, and that and really that's kind of a temporary thing. We want to make that more official, and we want to do a website, and we've started an app and things like that. So we got a lot of a lot of things in uh, in the works. Um, the uh, so the next meetup is July 24th. Uh, it's on uh, mobile development choices. And, and after that, we have some really exciting things uh, in the works. We're going to do some. We we want to uh, do some code workshops. We have planned, and um, we have another um, uh, another talk maybe on um, the Internet of Things coming up. And, and as we start to solidify these, you'll see them pop up on the Meetup site, and and, and you can start RSVPing and, and get ready for it. And, and as well, we're we're getting connected and doing more with other connect other groups like uh, Joy Digital and SF35 that 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 does Goody Hack the uh, the hackathon for for uh, communities community organizations and uh, as well uh, like I said you can look forward to some collaborations with uh, with BDPA and, and and any other and you guys and any other uh, you know uh, groups or, or or folks that are uh, are doing things in our community in, in IT. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's about it. Uh, I'm sure I could talk about more. <laughs> but, again, meetup.com slash technologist. And also we're on Twitter, Text of Color, at Text of Color. Uh, we try to put out a lot of information on, on Twitter uh, as well. Um, and I think that's about it. Well, thank you very much, Marcel. We look forward to a continued collaboration with technology of color. And as we said, our microphone is always open to you and your audience. And let's spread the word about what your group is doing uh, through uh, uh, through uh, our radio show, through Technology Expresso. So thank uh, and you And I thank you guys again. for having me. It's been great. And, uh, you know, I'd I, I love to join you guys again and talk about some other things some other time. Absolutely. And to our listening audience, just want to tell you, stay tuned. We This is a double feature, um, and next we have a Craig Brown, national president of BDPA. He's going to give us a mid-year update leading us into that national conference in Indianapolis. We've got a lot to talk about. So um, if you've gotten full um, from the first hour with Marcellus Haynes, from Technologists of Color. We're going to just take a sip of that coffee, get re-energized for another hour full of some mind-blowing information and enlightenment. So we're going to have a brief musical interlude, and we'll transition. And when we come back, 
we'll be introducing Dr. Craig Brown. Again, thank you, Marcellus, and we'll talk to you again soon. Those who uh, 
has been following Technology Expresso. You can visit our archives because we've had other interviews with Dr. Craig Brown, and you can learn about his background leading up to him taking over the leadership of the National BDPA at the beginning of this year. So tell us how, you know, just start us out from the beginning, um, you know, your progress of taking over six months, um, you know, bringing the right team together to, to endeavor on all the different new things that you're going to be talking about today. Yep. So let me just start out by talking about some of the activities. Um, I came into this year with some priorities as it pertained to, uh, well, there was a lot that needed to be done, so where do you start, right? So um, I've created this, um, these, these three simple concepts that I wanted to build um, our energies around, our activities around, keeping in mind that we do have a national strategy that we're trying to uphold, um, and those three simple um, terms are visibility, marketability, and viability. If we're able to achieve and improvement in all three of those areas throughout 2014, I, would con I will consider um, that a win for the organization. Um, you'll hear me say this a few times during this interview, you know, the, the, the BDPA, Achilles Heel, has always been, um, it's a wealth that's kept secret. And, and that's fine for the folks that know about you, but that's not fine for the people that could certainly benefit from the, the services of an organization like BDPA, but just aren't aware of it. So increasing BDPA's visibility in the communities throughout the United States and even globally was, is, is one of my highest priorities um, for 2014, uh, and increasing um, our viability, which is um, and looking at our member services and value proposition, um, and then making us more marketable, making us more attractive to sponsors, making us more attractive to organizations that want to work with BDPA, even if it's not from a sponsorship perspective. Um, so in developing their, their employees that are, are, that are in, you know, within their IT ranks um, in those organizations. So, so, so if we are able to achieve that, um, if I'm able to take those three simple terms and incorporate them into um, the BDPA philosophy in terms of how we do things and, and making sure that we make others aware of how we do things and what we do for our members, then the organization is going to benefit 20-fold. So in the visibility area, Social media has been my, my highest priority, um, building a presence in that area. If you go out to social media and you search on BDPA, you find quite a bit of, uh, of accounts out there, but what you don't find is a lot of engagement. So I brought in a, a, a team of experts that, that knew how to help create not only our presence, but filter in engagement, and engagement with the people who, who would benefit from and or um, benefit to the BDPA members. So if you go out to, for example, BDPA's Twitter, and I'll, and I'll get into this deeper when we start talking about stats and numbers, but if you just look at our Twitter account, for example, and, and not necessarily how many folks that are there, we'll talk about that later, but just look at the timeline and look at what's being discussed, what you will find is that a whole lot of communities out on the Twitter world um, we're doing some similar things that BDPA was doing, not quite the same. We're interested in what BDPA was doing. And so you'll see out on those timelines, for example, um, interaction of that nature, asking about BDPA, um, learning more about BDPA, sharing information um, that, that was helpful for BDPA members, and then seeing BDPA promote a lot of its local chapter and national events. So, so that's, that, that's, 
you know, the activities were, were stemmed around just getting the word out about who we are and what we do and, and how we can increase our presence um, globally. Well, I thank you, Dr. Brown. I know you've done a fantastic job since coming on board and before as, as well. And one of, the first, one of the first tasks of forming a team is getting the right people on board. And, and we've had the uh, opportunity and the pleasure of interviewing some of those individuals on your national team. Fran McNeil, who runs BDPA's uh, uh, radio, uh, uh, Pamela Sexton, as well as Wayne Hicks. They've all been on the show and, that, and given us great interviews. Uh, tell, us, tell us a bit more about building the, the board and the, uh, the staff that you have around you right now, sir. Sure, I'm glad. That's a great conversation to have. I think that everyone should know what it takes to build the teams within BDPA, and, and, and more so um, how to join, how to become a, a part of the BDPA team. So the team is divided in two parts. Part of the organization is elected by its members. The membership did a fantastic job of electing um, the, the right core people um, in the right positions, and, and that's the National Board of Directors. We have a, a phenomenal Board of Directors. The Board of Directors um, help with um, making decisions as it pertains to our bylaws, um, which is on our governance side, and keeping the organization moving forward. The other half of the organization is National Executive Committee. National Executive Committee is an, is, is, is an appointee committee, and, and so I had the pleasure of finding the right individuals to service our members more directly. This is the side of the team that services and, and helps keep the organization operational. So you have your operational side, and then you have your, your forward-moving directional uh, and visionary side. In order to, to recruit on the National Executive Committee side, um, I asked other members. I asked formal national leaders. I asked formal chapter leaders, existing chapter leaders. Who would they recommend? Who, who do they know that could, could help the national organization with whatever idea, ideologies, methodologies, you know, whatever, you know, they thought would be a, a complement to the organization. Um, and I received a list of people that were past BDPA members and current BDPA members. Um, and a few of the options weren't, had, had never heard of BDPA, but were, were skilled in certain areas that would certainly complement BDPA. And so um, I went down this list. I contacted as many people as I could, um, and, I, and I, in a sense, interviewed them. Uh, it was more of a discussion. It was very informal. It wasn't, uh, I didn't ask the same questions to everyone I spoke to. Um, but the, the tactic that I used was to ask them, well, what did they know about BDPA and what did they think they could, could do to help BDPA as an organization um, and what skill set would they use to do that? And I let them talk to me before I gave them my spiel on my vision, before I shared with them the ideas that I had and the direction I would like to go. I let them talk to me first. And when I heard in the conversations with these individuals that I selected, their ideas, the philosophies they would like to apply, the skills that they would utilize to, to um, help realize the goals that we would build together, I picked up the individuals that literally matched up to what I would have told them if I spoke first. And so we have Marquita Payne, who was our membership, um, um, member services vice president. We have Adrian Thomas, who was our member uh, and, and, and Marquita is, she lives in uh, North Carolina, 
We have Adrian Thomas, who lives in Baton Rouge, um, Louisiana, and she's our member management VP. We have Julius Clark, who is our Chief Chief Conservation Officer, who also lives in North Carolina, um, and the part of North Carolina chapter. Uh, and then we have Karen Smith, who is our Vice President of Strategy and Planning, and she lives in Delaware, a Delaware chapter. These individuals have outperformed my highest expectations, and we're only six months into the year. They have come to the table with not only ideas, but, but methods in which we can implement those ideas. So the, a lot of the success that I, I can brag about today in this call and what you'll find at the uh, national conference when you attend there, um, I, I can't take credit for it. The individuals that have placed me in a position to be able to boast and brag about the, the accomplishments of the organization so far all belong to my team members. And that is awesome and, and a great team. And, and the, the results and the, the progress that you guys made in such a short period of time, of course, this is a volunteer organization. And so uh, for you all to make the progress and that you've been talking about, um, obviously you, you've pulled together a great team and uh, very excited about that. And let's not just talk about the, the individuals. Um, it's very important. You, you talked about collaborating with other organizations, and so there's been a lot of effort around about reaching out to those other organizations. Can you talk to us about that? I can. So, uh, as I mentioned, my highest priority was with, with those three terms: um, visibility, markability, and viability. Part of the viability, and, and I'll just use a different word to kind of to, you know, synonym, you know, kind of describe that. It's our relevance. Collaboration and strategic partnerships provide an organization like BDPA and any other organization that utilizes this sort of strategy a way to increase your reach, um, not reinvent the wheel, um, and save time and resources. So I, I have been spending quite a bit of time looking for organizations to partner with, in addition to organizations that I'm already very, very well familiar with, as well as being contacted by organizations who are also interested in doing some very similar things and, and heard that uh, we may, you know, the organization, BDP organization was open to talking to um, companies and, 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 and any individual or, or, or entrepreneur that, that had something that they wanted to share that would benefit the members, the stakeholders of the organization. My, my only key um, in, in collaborating or, and or partnering with any organization is there's something in it for the members, whether we, we bring some additional services from, from these efforts and these partnerships to the members uh, and the stakeholders or the sponsors. We bring the sponsors and stakeholders and, 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 and members to, um, into their organization where there's some benefits there, um, whether it be additional services, whether it be um, an expansion of our network, um, providing people access to resources that aren't necessarily BDPA-owned. Um, I have a list of companies I'll mention now that we're in discussions with, um, but this is a, a the list is it's growing. Uh, I talked to an organization just yesterday called Code 2040. Code 2040 um, is interested in partnering with BDPA because they have a college student-specific focus on helping them prepare themselves with soft skills. Now, that is a part of the BDPA mission. We do help college students with soft skills, but what you will find is, depending on what chapter you're in, that is either a very strong program or a not-so-strong program. So my idea was to bring into the organization an outfit that could support all of the chapters, whether they have these strengths or not, 
so that the college students can obtain these soft skills for free. No additional charges, no additional requirements whatsoever. You just It's just an, a handoff to an organization that's already doing it. They have grants that pay the services and the professionals that provide these services. So this is an example of the type of collaboration that benefits everyone. It benefits Code 2040 because the more folks they have in their program, the more grant monies they can receive, and it benefits BDPA membership because it, it doesn't cost them anything. These are skills certainly that some of the local chapters may have some challenges in offering because it, it, it does come down to volunteers. Sometimes finding volunteers with dramatic expertise is an extremely difficult thing to do. So to try to alleviate some of those stresses, um, I'm, I'm, we're working on creating a DMOU documentation at this time to formalize this agreement and then offer those services to our members. Um, but Nesby, which you've heard in previous interviews that we were talking to about trying to co, um, co-member share, um, the Bayer organization, um, ITSMF, um, HBCU um, Career Development Marketplace based out of D.C., uh, Main Street Inclusion Advisors. These are all organizations that provide a variety of services and benefits that our membership would absolutely enjoy. Um, and the fees don't change. These aren't fees. These aren't services that are going to cost our members anything in addition to what they've already invested in BDPA. So I think it's win-win for everyone. Absolutely. I think, I think you've picked up a lot of energy, and the numbers have really picked up a lot. I, I just wanted to, to follow up, and I think that uh, people, one of the things that BDPA is kind of establishing itself is, is that, of course, we serve, you know, from the classroom to the, the boardroom and everything in between, but at the same time, um, if there's a special interest or there's other areas, we can also introduce you to those other organizations that also service other areas as well. So I love that, that you still coming through BDPA will get you to the, the, the right resources. I, I think that's, that's very important to highlight as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. I agree. And, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Brown. Go ahead. I, I agree. You know, no, no, I agree. And, and I don't want to send the wrong message. I don't want to, I don't want to, to, to sell um, to your listeners that everything will be free. There, there, there's going to be, I'm not passing up any opportunity with any organization that has something to offer, even if it's discounted, you know, discounted fees. Just so far, I haven't had, I haven't had the opportunity to 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 bridge in your organization, you know, services or products that would cost more. But at the end of the day, um, you know, anything that's going to make it better for you know for, for you know for the BDPA membership, I'm going to bring to their attention, and and that's that's the goal. The goal is just to increase our reach, increase the platform in which the organization. Uh, already stands. We have a firm framework in place as far as the national organization is concerned and, and chapters in major cities. And so some of the benefits that, you know, we give back to organizations is that we can expand their reach into cities they don't currently operate. You know, so it's a win-win for everyone. Um, I think that uh, collaboration, again, just helps us save time and money building these types of programs and platforms on our own. Um, if somebody's already gotten it and we don't have to reinvent the wheel, why not leverage it? especially if it doesn't cost you anything additional in terms of money and you benefit from it in terms of additional options when it comes to all that you can benefit from from your from your BDPA membership. Absolutely. And this is part of it. You know, we had an earlier conversation uh, with a young man, Mark Sellis, 
uh, Heinz from Technologies of Color, which is an organization here in Atlanta. And that's one of the things. There's a lot of area and territory to cover. It's not about a competition. It's about collaboration. That's how we're going to succeed. And, and I think that's something that BDPA, and, and I love the, the fact that, that you're, you're expanding the outreach around collaboration. And people also have to reach out to BDPA. Um, you know, BDPA has been around since 1975. So they've, they've learned a few things um, to stay in this space and to grow and to thrive. And then what you're doing is even leveraging even more the, the opportunities to, um, you know, really, you know, take BDPA to the next level. Don't want to be too cliche there. But at the same time, yeah. the organizations have to learn to look toward BDPA, we're a collaborative organization. It's, it's not a competition. We're all just trying to reach that higher goal and that higher level uh, around Absolutely. technology. And I think other organizations have done that. And Dr. Brown's been very successful in reaching out to those organizations and uh, fostering those type of collaborations. And the numbers speak for themselves. I know BDPA has been doing a lot of gathering a lot of metrics, Dr. Brown, on those numbers. So could you share for us some of those numbers and some of those metrics that, that show how effective BDPA has been in uh, attracting new members and the, collab, uh, the collaboration across the, uh, the IT landscape, sir? Sure. So we are, we are currently implementing new ways to capture data. Um, so as we continue to have these conversations ongoingly throughout the rest of this year, I'll be able to expand on the list of ways that we're kind of measuring how we're improving and where we're improving. So far, other than just a bump in membership, which is obviously a, a wonderful thing, we also have a bump in activities on our website. So when we look at our website metrics, which we've been doing more, more, more actively lately, um, what we're finding is so far the highest percentage of increase is 20% of our per-day hits have – I'm sorry, I said it backwards. Of our per-day hits on the website, it looks like we're at a 20% increase. That means that on a daily basis, whatever the previous numbers were, 20% more of those numbers, those, those, those um, clicks, are reaching to our our website. I, I attribute most of that increase to our social media presence that we now have. Through the social media presence, we're sending out these links. We're telling folks to look us up. We're telling folks to, you know, investigate our programs and tell us know if you're interested. We're asking people to join. We're being more proactive and more aggressive with getting the word out there and having folks come back and look at what we're doing. So I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm going to hope and pray that, we, that these continue to improve um, and that these, that these methods that we're using um, continue to work. And what we're also trying to do through, um, through collaboration with local chapters is provide them with the methods that we are using nationally so that they can see these types of growth in their local communities. Remember, we're, we're sending these messages out all over the place, and so 20% nationally is a huge percentage. However, if the local chapters could see half of that, that would still equate to, in my opinion, the larger, a larger membership um, growth in a specific chapter versus me telling you that we have a bump in, uh, in increases in, across all chapters, right? So um, the other um, method in which – and our CIO has been great at, at, um, at sharing these types of stats, at collecting this types of information, and continuously finding ways for us to improve 
um, our, our, our ways of capturing data so that we can be more precise with where we're having growth and what do we know, where to, you know, fuel and add more, more food because it's growing and then where we need to plant additional seeds because we don't see very much activity there. Um, at our national conference, for example, we're going to be launching um, the first ever BDPA event app. And this event app will allow um, any, any, any and all BDPA members to, to participate in the conference, whether they're there or not. But if you're at the conference, the engagement will be, um, the experience and engagement should be quite a bit more. You'll be able to talk to other attendees and find out what's happening, and you'll be able to um, find your way around the hotel a lot easier rather than trying to find a board or, or asking directions. You'll know about the speakers and their profiles and their backgrounds before the actual um, speaking engagement begins, um, and any and all other types of things that just enhances your, your ability to experience, and that's all through a mobile app. That's also a part of this, this, these increased ways we're trying to get the word out about folks because we're going to use the app to broadcast messages from the conferences to those who might have missed it um, but, but certainly would like to know what's happening so they can plan to be at the next one. Thank you, absolutely. And, and one of the things, first of all, I want people to know how to be a part of the conversation with BDPA. First of all, you can um, be a part of it on, on Twitter or LinkedIn and look for or use hashtag BDPA um, on, or use at BDPA is uh, the, uh, if you want to send a message directly to them. And then there's also a hashtag HSCC, and that's related to our high school computer competition, and then as well as the upcoming conference is hashtag BDPA14. So um, be a part of the conversation, engage, um, and uh, uh, contribute, definitely. Don't just be a, a spectator there. And one of the things that I, I wanted to also um, mention and highlight of, of what you said, and it's people who aren't as familiar with BDPA is understanding we have the national board, and they are uh, promoting and coming up with strategies and programs that help benefit the various chapters. And each of the chapters then have leadway to run their chapters in their various states and cities uh, according to their uh, constituents, so to speak. Um, and, and so you have that, the, the, the two-way benefit. And how we all come together is at the national conference. So even if you belong to a local chapter, you really get to appreciate the larger family when you come to the, the, the national conference. So um, like I said, if you haven't been uh, engaged with BDPA in a while, definitely go to bdpa.org, see what's going on, and see how you can contribute and be a part of uh, the, the change and the innovation that's going on there. So uh, again, just want to let our audience know we're talking to Dr. Craig Brown, the president of the National Chapter of BDPA. He's giving us a, a mid-year update. And we were just talking about uh, how you're leveraging social media and um, uh, the, the collaboration there. Um, next, let, let's kind of break down. Now let's, let's do a bit of a, a deep dive and start breaking down because there's a lot of new uh, initiatives and, and even tweaking of some of our existing. So let's start with, um, you know, because we're from the classroom to the boardroom, let's go back to the classroom. Let's start with the high school students in the computer competition. 
Um, what's new and, and what can we expect uh, this year at the, the national conference around that? Sure. So we're offering the for first time ever the VDPA mobile mobility app. We're calling it a pilot because it is the first time we've done it. Um, we, what we expect to get out of it is, and, and this is for college students and high school students, um, they are learning how to quickly develop apps. They're learning about the tools in which it's, it, in which it's um, um, you know, connected to, um, and then they're going to showcase what they've created at the conference. Um, what we're hoping to get out of this is that this is something that the kids want to do. This is something that will benefit all of the, uh, um, the students moving forward. We're going to get our lessons learned from it so that when we put this on um, and attach this to um, the competition at some point in time, maybe this can be a part of the competition. Um, but we didn't want to create more. We didn't want to create an atmosphere um, that didn't suit the students before we understood what the students were going to learn. So, um, and it, we got a sponsor, the sponsor that's um, um, attached to the mobile mobile app development pilot is State Farm Insurance. So State Farm Insurance believes that this is a good thing for the students, and um, we also believe so. Together, we're working to make this a good experience for them. And then we'll have the students tell us how they felt about it, and we'll have them share with the with the BDPA community, um, you know, the win that they received and how this is going to help them, you know, move forward in their college careers and ultimately into their uh, work workforce careers. Um, but that's one of the new things that's actually happening. We have a, a quite a bit of planning around some additional um, to the students, um, and by the end of the year for 2015. Um, so stay tuned for announcements in reference to those types of, uh, uh, and, you know, in, increases in programs and, and offerings to our students. Oh, thank you, Dr. Brown. So what's, what's new for the college students? I know we, we, we've been so successful. BDPA has been extremely successful in nurturing the high school uh, uh, level kids. What's new for the college level students, sir? The only thing new that's happening as far as the conference is concerned is a series of luncheons and networking opportunities that the college students will have with our, um, with our local, with the local sponsors in Indiana. Um, as we move forward into the year, um, the only other areas that I'm working on as far as college students are concerned are those soft skills development that I mentioned to you earlier with the collaboration efforts. Through those collaboration efforts, will come new programs that will benefit the college students in terms of helping them prepare themselves for postgraduate level. Um, but at the conference, the only thing that we'll have that's new is a mobility app. That, that includes college students. But in addition to that, also the, um, also the um, networking opportunities that will be there for them to talk to local companies. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, that, that's, you know, not to be taken lightly, that, we, we don't forget about our college students. There's programs there for them, the exposure. And starting that whole networking and um, moving among some of the, the, the leadership and thought leaders in IT uh, around BDPA, that just that exposure is, is so important and rubbing elbows. So we really applaud those college students who invest in their careers early and know how important things like the National BDPA Conference are. And, and want to just uh, reiterate that there's something there for the, the college students as well. And then, as we've, we've talked about with uh, our, our very own Pam Sexton and one of our last interviews with her, uh, I think it was maybe about a week ago, um, and listeners can listen to the archive, 
she talked about all the different things for the adult population um, and, and professionals coming to the conference, the, the speakers, um, the training opportunities, as well as uh, the presentations. So as well as there's going to be some extra events, both uh, the golf events and uh, in the evening some entertainment just so that we can unwind. So the 2014 National Conference is, is going to be a great time. It's in Indianapolis, um, and we're looking forward to that August 4th through the 9th on 2014. Anything else you want to want to add or, or highlight from your perspective, uh, Dr. Brown, and to say to those who, if they haven't signed up, to, to get them to push that button and go ahead and register? Uh, our speakers are phenomenal. We have Dr. Randall Pinkett, whom uh, is uh, a brilliant speaker and, a, and has an excellent background and a great story to tell as, as far as uh, motivating um, both IT professionals and uh, up-and-coming IT professionals and, and, and the path he took and ways that they could become, um, you know, better suited for their, within their careers. Um, we have a, a fitness uh, concept also that's new for their organization. Every morning there will be a boot camp so that we're, we're trying to bring it all together, life, liberty, and happiness, right? Happiness is, and liberty comes from the career and, and the salaries in which we, we're, we're enjoying and we're trying to increase, but then we also have to stay fit in order to enjoy those. So um, Oracle Corporation uh, sponsored a daily boot camp. And so I think it's every every morning at 7 a.m. we're going to do a workout. I will be participating in the boot camp. So if you want to see an old man barely make it through the through a workout, uh, even if it's just for humorous purposes, I will be there. Um, trying my best to do my part in staying healthy. So, um, but other than that, um, if you go to the uh, website, the conference website, uh, BDPA National Conference you will find a, a full list of your agenda items there um, if you're looking for anything in particular um, as far as our workshops are concerned, um, our speakers are concerned. We have luncheons um, that involve speakers, and then we also have um, these other um, networking uh, opportunities where we can you can talk to other students and other members um, in reference to um, making contact. Um, all these things are important, and we're trying to build, bring, bring as much balance as we can uh, and spreading the timelines out so that there's, very little, um, you know, um, disconnect between, you know, so you don't have to choose um, so many, within so many areas, um, you know, that you might want to do. You don't want to have to choose one when you want three. So we're trying to spread things out across as much as we can throughout the whole day so you can get as, in as much as you can. So hopefully you'll find what you need, and, and I, I seriously encourage you to register um, as soon as possible because the pricing will be changing um, again, I think, in a week or so. Absolutely. So I, I love that. I'm really excited about the boot camp myself. You know, there's something for the, the mind, body, and soul, you know, definitely uh, learning opportunities, and then you can get your, your workout on um, because you're definitely going to have to you – need, you need that workout because um, the, they, they feed you very well. We talked about that uh, with Pamela. So uh, get your workout on, and then, you know, the, the soul, you got the after hours network and unwind and happy hours thanks to some great sponsors, so uh, you get to get some good laughter and, and camaraderie and networking in as well. So well worth it. And I dare mention 
that Technology Expresso is going to be collaborating at the BDTA conference and will be broadcasting live um, to uh, for those uh, who may not be able to make it to this year's conference, but to give you little nuggets uh, to get you pumped up and get you ready for the uh, 2015 conference. But also our show and the purpose of doing the simulcasting um, on the, the radio right here through um, our station is also those who attend, there's so much going on. We can't cover everything. Um, so we're going to do some covering, and you're going to get some sound bites. Uh, we're going to be interviewing people who attend the various sessions, let them uh, restate in their words what they're getting out of the different sessions. So we're going to be out and about going behind the scenes. Uh, Dr. Brown, yourself, and, and Pam have given us full access. So we're really excited about that, and this is the, the first year we're doing that live. Yes, it's actually going to be a working session for us, so we better build up our cardio because there's a lot of activities and a lot of, and a lot of miles to cover for that activity, and I know you're excited about it so much. Yeah, and, and we, want, we want to thank you on, on air uh, for this opportunity. It's, it's really exciting. You are, we are welcome, and the only reason I didn't mention you in the list was because I was hoping that you would say that you were also collaborating and you would be more of the, the announcer of it than I was. Um, it, it, it was it's my, pleasure to have, <laughs> it's my pleasure to have you there. I think that, um, you know, being able to take what happens at the conference and place it and package it in such a way that we can continue to share it days, weeks, months, you know, even, you know, throughout the remainder of the year to the next conference is a very important part of that, that visibility that I mentioned earlier. Um, everyone's not going to be able to participate. It's just, it's just the way it is. And so, you know, obviously we encourage as many people to get this as we can, but for those that can't be there, we want them to at least have some idea as to what's going on, what, what did they miss, and is there an opportunity for them to, you know, to try to, you know, leverage that information and try to get, get you know, reach out to the, to the workshop um, leaders and, and the speakers and see if they could try to get copies of the messages and such that was shared or, or just find some way to benefit or, you know, look at this as an opportunity to plan ahead for the next one because it's just going to get better and better it, it, over, the, over the years, which is pretty much how it's always been. But getting the word out, letting folks know what's going on at the conference and kind of, you know, taking a roof off the ceiling and just letting it all go out um, into, into, the, into the cloud um, it's a truly important thing these days, and being in an on-demand society, we, we have to fulfill that side of the equation. So it is, it is uh, you know, with, with all, with, with the, I mean, I just can't express in words how, how excited I am about you being there um, and helping us with this sort of new content creation area that we're trying to build up um, in terms of our messaging, and um, I'm sure you're going to do a phenomenal job. Yes, absolutely, and I think we're doing that as we speak. Earlier on the show, we had Marcella Hayes, a uh, technologist of color, a local uh, Atlanta area uh, meetup group, and we are spreading the word of BDPA through him and through the rest of the Atlanta area and across the country. That's what we do here at Technology Expresso. We want to bring everyone together, and BDPA is doing that extremely well, and we, kept, we have nothing but good things to say about the organization as we spread the gospel, so to speak, of BDPA. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and and, and I, I want to tell VDPA members who are at the conference, look for us. We're going to have a table uh, in the job fair area so you can stop by, uh, talk on air, have your uh, thoughts and impression of the conference recorded for prosperity and for others to, to hear as well. And we're going to be on Twitter. We're going to be on LinkedIn. We're going to be having it going in all different directions. Um, it, it, you'll be amazed what our four hands can do. We, it may seem like there's about 20 of us, but together, Technology Express, we, we, we get around. We, we make it happen. Absolutely. And to our non-BDPA uh, affiliated listeners as well, you hear it right here from Dr. Craig Brown, and you hear us trumpet it time and time again on our shows, what a powerful national organization they are. And, 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 and we implore you to investigate. Go to www.bdpa.org. Check out the website and how active they are in different communities across the country. Sign up. Be a part of it. We're a part of the – Jacqueline and I are part of the Atlanta chapter of BDPA. Come talk to us. Hit us up on our radio show. We'll more than happy to tell you about it, invite you out to some of their meetups, and, and get the collaboration going and get the energy flowing. This is a great organization, and, 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 and we love our participation and our role in the, um, in the uh, BDPA community. And, and I'm going to use that as a segue because to bring quality programs like BDPA does at the national level um, to continue to, uh, you know, to allow uh, – Dr. Brown, to continue to reach out and to meet and, and just to expand and grow upon all of these uh, ideas and concepts that we have and the vision that, that we have for BDPA, um, it takes money. <laughs> so let's, I want to I give you the opportunity to, as far as you want to expand about, first of all, uh, you know, funding something like this, and, and, and talking about some great sponsors that we have that allow some of that to happen, but also um, to implore people as far as membership, renewing their membership, um, and uh, uh, just how, how the money all works, how, how it all plays into this. Sure. So, yeah, the, the challenges are always going to be primarily in the financial area. Um, you have to make sure that you – you, you you handle you you handle it right. You know we 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 have a we have a very um, aggressive sponsorship. We have some very um, big companies that believe in BDPA um, and have believed in BDPA for you know a number of years, um, and we don't want to let them down. And we have our membership um, that um, you know counts on oftentimes the the conference as you know the BDPA Christmas where we all get together. And they leave excited, and they leave, and a lot of the momentum from the chapter stems from the conference every year. And so we have to put on uh, and provide to them, you know, content that's relevant, that's going to be supportive in, in all of their efforts. And, and that's without really knowing what is happening in every single chapter on a daily basis or monthly basis um, and still provide to them what they need in order for them to, you know, go back and, you know, we try to motivate the leadership team and such. So when we look at the funding side, you know, it's very important that we don't stress ourselves out trying to bring in too much because then the bills are too high and you, don't, you can't bring in too little because it won't be as, uh, as beneficial. Um, but one of the challenges that um, we've had to face, you know, over the years is balancing our cash flow with our, our needs. 
And so our finance team this year has, you know, taken a, a slightly different approach in looking at everything more proactively than reactively. Um, and, and so we've, we've, we've positioned ourselves so that by conference time, all of our contract, contractual obligations and related to the conference um, and the venue more specifically will be paid up so that now we can go into the conference and we can do everything that needs to be done and we don't have to worry about, you know, um, that, that, that final bill that you don't know what it's going to be because we, we ask for things at the, you know, the hotel at the last minute. We ask for things um, of vendors at the last minute. And so oftentimes, you know, you have sicker shock when the conference is over and then we have to go back to the leadership team and, and figure out how to make it all work. Um, well, we were proactive. We looked at the last few years and trends. We looked at the actual numbers um, in reference to the percent above budget and below budget that we've been over the years. Um, and then we started uh, managing our finances according to those, to, 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 to those methods. And we got ahead of it. So anticipating costs versus waiting for costs to, to kind of show themselves um, was our strategy. Um, and so far, knock on wood, with, with all God's blessings, is working. Um, we'll have our conference contract paid up um, before we actually get to the conference, which I don't know if it's been done before. I won't say it's never been done before, but I know it's been quite a few years since we've been able to truly experience that sort of blessing. Um, so I thank the finance team. I thank our sponsors. I thank, you know, all of the members of the leadership team that have been involved in helping us, you know, kind of just hone in and, and, and keep it all on track. And so far, Thank God it's been working. And, and, and that's not, not an easy thing to do. Um, so kudos to, to all of them, and, and congratulations to, to you and your leadership, um, you know, putting on such a big and grand event. Um, and I, I think the attention to detail, um, if people can listen to last year when David and I recorded our experience. Uh, it was just an hour, and we, we ran back to our hotel room, and we just had to do it uh, right then and there and share with people what our experience was. So imagine that you're going to hear it throughout the conference this year live and from other people's point of view. But to put on such a, a, you know, no detail, you know, all of our needs were met. When we checked into that hotel, there was no reason to leave, um, and we moved from event to event, and there was was so much going on. Um, It was definitely – Energizing. That's one of the things. If you are, wherever you are in your career, if you want to be around like-minded people, some great energy, you're going to come out of there and uh, you're going to be ready to innovate. I tell you, I, I, I must say, please, don't judge us on that show. We were full of energy. That was my first annual event, and I was just so hyped from that, uh, from listening to uh, Roland Martin speak, uh, Dr. Brown, uh, Wayne Hicks. I I was so full of energy, and it probably comes off like I'm kind of spastic or anxious, but it was just so energetic and empowering. So uh, please don't judge me by by that performance. (laughs) Exactly. And and let me me say this, too. Those who are, 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 you know, if this broadcast is one of the ways that you're getting yourself re-familiarized with BDPA, or if you've never really delved in to understand what BDPA was about. Understand that the, the money, the, um, the membership, the, the volunteers, a lot of that is, is we're, our focus is on the young people and getting them those scholarships. Yes. You, you'll hear us talk about the 
high school computer competition. It all culminates at the national. All the different states uh, bring in their teams, the teachers and the coaches all, you know, fly in, bus in, drive in, however they have to, they get there. And I, I told people last year it looked like the United Nations of uh, computer competitions. We, we had all, all, everyone was represented there well, and um, those students take it very serious. And, and those winners, when they get those uh, scholarship checks and uh, even other prizes that they, they get to, to get them prepared for their college careers, including things like laptops, that, that's really exciting. And that's, that's what we do it for the kids. That's, that's what we, we say here in Atlanta, do it for the kids. Yes. So, so I want to say make sure that you get your membership, your, your dues in, renewed, whether you make it to this year's conference, Remember, your supporting uh, is not just about you. It's, it's a bigger cause that, that we have there. Yeah, and let's not forget, this is a national broadcast. We are broadcasting across the nation here. Go to bdpa.org. Look for your local chapter. It's there. I know it is. Just about every city, not every city, but every state across the country has a BDPA chapter, and you can participate. So go out there, bdpa.org, and look for the, uh, you know, your local chapter. Absolutely, absolutely. So that, that's, you know, that is, is for our audience. We want to let you know, uh, and, and um, we thank you all for, for listening, and we are here talking with uh, Dr. Craig Brown, about the National BDPA. He's giving us the, the year in review. And as we start to, to wind down, is there anything else that you want to say, Dr. Brown, to, to the volunteers and, and participants uh, and, and members? I do. Um, actually, um, you know, to our volunteers and to our participants, um, I can't thank you enough for the time and energy you put into the organization. Um, I certainly hope that, um, I, 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 and I will do all that I can for you in reference to um, maintaining your interest and keeping you involved. Um, I, I want to send a special message out to all past BDPA press, uh, members. If you were a member of BDPA and you are no longer a member of BDPA for whatever reason, I encourage you to go back and reevaluate that decision. Um, the organization has made lots of strides in the last couple of years um, in reference to um, the BDPA programs and offerings, um, in reference to the way we go about things, the reference to how we operate. And I, I, I seriously encourage you to reevaluate that decision and see if there's something that you can get out of your membership. Um, it may not have been there in the past, and maybe you've outgrown a membership, but we're at a point now where we're almost a new organization and we're going about things in a different way now. And so I would ask that you would reevaluate that. We have a total of, and, and this may be an interesting number for, for all, all of you to know, um, throughout the years, a total of 15,000 people have come through BDPA as members. Um, and these are numbers that are in our database. So it could be plus or minus uh, uh, a few, but 15,000 people have come um, in, you know, through this organization. And I would love to see a good percentage of those, those members come back. They, at, at some point in time, believe in the organization or have some benefit from it. And maybe they've changed careers and they're no longer working in IT. Well, our programs and, 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 and offerings to members um, have a variety of levels now. So you don't have to be the true techie person anymore to benefit from 
from, from this membership. You can be a person that le- likes to leverage technology for fun, or you can be the person that just likes to, to utilize technology as a tool set for a business-oriented uh, profession. Whatever the case may be, um, come back and look and see if there's something that you can get out of your membership and join. And, um, and if you were to contact me directly, I can, I can actually walk you through what's different if you want to be more specific with how BDPA can help you. I would do that personally for any past member that wanted to talk and, 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 and find some, some, some connection that would help them. So uh, I hope that message gets through. I think that uh, we have something for everyone that's interested in joining the organization. Um, and I would love to see them um, be a part of BDPA. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, and you know, uh, you being the, the national president of BDPA, and we can vouch, you are very approachable. We just met last year and, and, and approached you and talked, and, and now we have this awesome collaboration going into 2014. So we're really excited about that. And, and that's how, you know, opportunities uh, happen. And, um, you know, so just really excited about that. And, and as you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the theme and title of this year's conference, Race to Innovate, and, and even went on to kind of write a piece about the, the importance of why now, why the urgency, why do we need to, to be talking about and having this conversation. And I think something that, that I, I want to underscore and keep speaking to is it's not just for the techie or the nerd or, you know, this, this is, or, or the geek, you know, as, as they want to say. This is everyone. Technology is, um, is a way of life, and it's, the, it's our future. And if you want to be a part of the future for um, adults and for young people, we've got to get them prepared for the, the future, the reality of what the future looks like. And, and technology is going to be um, a part of that. So I, I wanted to, to give, I wanted to ask you kind of a, one, a last question. And this is around the, the race to innovate. Why, why the sense of urgency? What would you say to, to the audience? Um, technology is moving so fast right now. If you're not on board, you're going to be left behind. Um, you know, we happen to be, you know, our conference happens to be in Indiana where, you know, they have one of the fastest raceways in the country, uh, maybe even in the world there. Uh, Race to Innovate is it, it was, it, it's just a, 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 just a connection to that and the fact that technology moves just as fast, if not faster, than, than race cars on the track. It, technology is going to move whether you're moving with it or not. What BDPA is trying to do for its members is keep them in that, in that fast lane, keep them aware of what's coming, what's here, what do you need to know, what are the standards, how are the standards changing, um, and how all this information can impact decisions you make in terms of what technologies you, you commit to, how that will benefit you from a salary perspective or from an uh, advantage to your competition if you run an organization. But technology moves, and today it's one thing, tomorrow it's the next. It, it, that's the race. Um, and if you're not driving in that race, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's important, um, whether, you, whether it's, a, again, a tool set, or there are just options in your toolbox as far as um, just certain capabilities you need to have in order to properly communicate with folks and stay on top of things and or you're in the technology arena and you just need to know how to keep yourself relevant so that you're, you know, a viable, marketable entity to stay, you know, uh, employed. Um, but it's important that technology is, and it's just getting faster. 
So that would be the message I would send. Absolutely. And and I dare say, you know, we here at Technology Expresso and, and, and DDPA, we would not steer you wrong. There is a, that sense of urgency. It's very important. And, and our goal, along with our, our previous guest, uh, Marcellus Haynes, we don't want anyone left behind. That's just our passion, you know. As David always says, we're helpaholics. We and we don't want to see people left behind. So I dare say we're doing everything on our part to get the message out, to to use the platform that we built with Technology Expresso to let people like yourself, uh, Dr. Craig Brown, come on, speak with our audience, share the information, and and, and to provide your resources. And I'm going to tell our audience also, you know, you can go to bdpa.org, and we'll also have additional information about how to connect with BDPA. Um, BDPA is all over the place. Uh, you'll be able to, to find them, whether it's a group site, Facebook, you'll find them under BDPA Foundation. Um, also look for the DETF blog. There's BDPA iRadio, and actually we'll be talking tomorrow with the host of BDPA Radio, uh, Fran McNeil. Fran McNeil, and she'll be talking about her new book, so tune in tomorrow. You'll also find BDPA on iTunes. There's a, um, a BDPA Today uh, blog that comes out, BDPA LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Plus, YouTube, Storyfy. You'll also find great articles in the IT diversity career. So they, we're, they're out there. They're doing everything they can, and, and, and thanks to uh, Dr. Craig Brown and also, also the wonderful leadership over the years. We're trying to, they've got tentacles in all different directions. All you have to do is do your part and uh, connect as well. So I'm looking at our time. We've once again filled up a a great hour full of information. Thank you, Dr. Craig Brown, as always, for giving of your time and all that you've done for, for BDPA. Thank you again for being on our show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So visit us at www.technologyexpresso.com. You will find this show, the previous show, as well as our deep archive of very interesting guests that span the IT landscape from across the country. So join us again, everyone, and don't forget, listen, learn, leverage, and launch. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.